Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John, my friend Joe. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is just funny because we recorded. Joe sabotaged. We were the talking life. for like 15 minutes and then we realized it stopped recording about four minutes in. So we're going to redo everything we just did and. This is really awkward. Including is, embarrassing. Yeah, so I'm, me, I'm holding you. it. Gosh, now you know everything. <laughs> I know. I had a surprise topic. <laughs> uh, this stinks. That Before we get awesome. to the topic, though, um, you know, these domains, they uh, they accost me on all different topics. And uh, it was Alicia, and recently it was uh, Deacon Joseph, the, uh, the Holy, on his first day as a deacon, said, Father John, you've been saying the wrong ending to Mass for the last two years. I just need to hold, uh, give you a holy... Holy challenge, and I was like, okay. I'll just allow you to embellish the story each yeah. time. It's fine. So just to clarify for certain deacons present, um, there are four options for how Mass is supposed to end. <laughs> go forth, the Mass is ended, which is what I said, and go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life, and then go in peace. Wow, you are, you're so smart. Uh, public you're humiliation. Great, you're a That's great person. You get. I feel like a great person right now. So... Oh, you're better God, than me. This is so depressing. You're better than me. If that's all you want to hear, that's what we got. This really is depressing. Well, let's start with um, a couple of shout-outs. So last night on Busted Halo, a podcast by a really good priest, a very impressive priest, far more impressive than this one sitting here mocking a deacon uh, publicly, a guy named Father Dave Dwyer, who uh, gave us a real nice shout-out. So if you're not familiar with BustedHalo.com, great not. website. Um, he is a uh, Paulist father. He was here in Boulder at one point. His fame still lives on here. He's a very, very popular preacher, beloved by the students. So um, good priest. Check him out. Nice. We're kind of trying to network you with all these other kind of awesome hip priests, more awesome cool podcasts. Cool podcasts. So Father Dave Dwyer, thanks for the shout out. And here's one back at you. Okay. Are you, you going to give that shout out again to the girl that you just gave a shout out to? Oh yeah. Okay. So he's doing just, everything over. He's like asleep uh, right now. Gosh. Okay. So um, they probably think I'm so moody. I'm either like really angsty and angry, or I'm like I'm tired today. So um, Both. I, I do promise for a couple hours every day. You know, usually between about nine and midnight every night. I'm uh, really awake and happy. And um, yeah. So Trent at uh, uh, New Belgium Brewery. That's right. Who is awesome. His his brother Alex, um, who may or may not listen to the podcast, but his sister Marissa, she's an RCA. So we're gonna pray oh, for nice. Marissa today. You did not mention that last time we recorded. I did. You didn't listen to me. That's probably right. Okay, so she's an RCA. Marissa, awesome. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast, and Trent, thank you for working at New Belgium Brewery because we got in on Monday and they're closed on Mondays, which is pretty. Oh, that's cool. Legit. So he's your guy. If you uh, anybody listen to this podcast, Trent will show you around. No, I'm just joking. So don't do that. But go visit the New Belgium Brewery in Fort Collins. It's it is amazing. Awesome. It's almost as good as Yingling. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, East Coast. East Coast favoritism. So, Joe, yes. question What's for you. What's the topic? <laughs> oh, gosh. This is so awful. I can't believe we have to record this. Okay. Um, oh, we should stop complaining about it. Okay. We're done, we're done complaining. All right. We're over it. It's fine. All right. Everything's great. Let's do it. Joe, <laughs> the name of this is the first saint in North America. Who do you, <laughs> who do you think... The first saint in North America was. Um, I'm going to go with St. Brendan the Voyager. Dang it, dude. <laughs> okay. In the original recording of this podcast, which happened six minutes ago, he goes, oh, duh, it's uh, blah, 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 St. John of de Berbeuf. And I was like, wrong, a thousand years earlier. And now he's saving You're grace. stupid. <laughs> That's right. You're stupid. Let me pull out the Roman Missal again. No, um, 
Yes, you're correct. Incredible, your ability to know that. The, the whole surprise is gone. But I am of the school that says St. Brendan in the 6th century made it to North America. As a school. was the first to step. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about them in a second. Uh, society, actually. St. Brendan Society, who really? holds strong to this. Yep. I've heard that the Irish monks were like, take boats and just go off they're all crazy. over the place. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. So this is in the 6th century, these guys. You have um, St. Brendan is one of the 12, um, oh man, is one of the 12 apostles of Ireland, as they say. Another one being St. Patrick, right? Who's right. feast day we just celebrated. Of course. St. Columba. St. Cl- How did you know this? It's amazing. So good. <laughs> uh, we just talked about this by ourselves, obviously, <laughs> a couple of minutes ago. Um, St. Columba is a very famous one, who also was a sailor, but he went over and evangelized. There's a book by a guy named Thomas Cahill, named How the Irish Saved Civilization. It's something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I never read it, but uh, all these like, kind of Irish patriots that we hang out with, John O'Brien, Father Brian Larkin. Um, it's an they, intriguing title. They love this book, and there's truth in it. There's true. Irish monasticism was at its at its peak in the fifth, sixth century, and it was amazing. I mean, when everything else was falling apart, everything else was collapsing. So this is the time of Justinian. We talked about when bad popes go good. <laughs> Don't worry, we will get to new content here in a second. We really talked for a long time by ourselves. Yeah, we did. Um, and um, yes, if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it. When bad popes go good about um, Theodora and uh, Vigilius, the pope. bear keeper's daughter. Pope, I remember that. That's right. Pope Vigilius, who saved the day. Saved the day. Um, did we talk about, uh, speaking of popes, Pope Francis? Uh, no, we haven't. We totally called that one, huh? Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, right. He wasn't even on our Sweet 16. Nope. That was, uh, uh, we kind of blew that yeah, one. Yeah, nobody saw that coming, though, so well, I feel better about it. We didn't know that he came up, like, second in the last conclave. I know. We, that's because we didn't do much work. We did preparing. Well, I don't think we could have dug that up anyways. Yeah. I don't think anybody knew that. Well, apparently, no, I think some people did, but um, apparently they didn't put him on any list because they just thought he was too old. Ah, uh, so. true. And that's why we didn't, right? Of course. Of I mean, course. I otherwise, he was my front runner. Right, right, right. He's your Villanova for the uh, NCAA championship. That's right, baby. Okay, so we're going back to Ireland. So 6th century, um, the power is shifting to the east in, in Constantinople. The Western world is kind of collapsing, and um, it hasn't yet moved north uh, like it will two, three centuries. Mm-hmm. And um, and the Irish just kind of like they're like we're going to go out and they just reevangelize the world. And uh, again, it's all centered in this town of Meath or Meath or something like that. Right outside miles. Dublin, right? <laughs> Incredible how you, your knowledge of uh, uh, Ireland and antiquity. Yeah, sixth century, thirty miles inland from uh, present day Dublin. Uh, founded by St. Finian, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so this is kind of the school where all of these kind of wild, wild ones um, came to study. Columba, who went out, and then, but our guy today is St. Brendan of Clonfort. Clonfort. Clonfort, the world-renowned sailor saint. Okay. Why was he a saint? Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. All right. And um, and then there's another guy here, um, Syrian? Ooh. C I A R A N, I don't know. But he founded Clon McNoy, which is the most famous um, uh, monastery in Ireland. Oh. That was in 549. You got to check that out. Google that sometime. Clon McNoy. But, anyways, uh, and then St. Patrick. But these, uh, the, Ireland was still a barbarian country, which is really kind of interesting, I think. So these guys are not just like, oh, we, we're living in this kind of like perfect little Christian world, but like it's intensely pagan and they're still going out to evangelize the world. Yeah. So, this brings us to our friend St. Brendan and his voyage, okay? Any questions, any confusions now that you've heard this a couple times? 
Uh, no, I'm just I'm just waiting for you to tell me something I don't already know. Okay, St. Brendan of Clonfort sets out to find Kokomo, Indiana. Really? No. We have some listeners in Kokomo, Indiana, so i got to fit these shout-outs in. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Marianne came and said hello. Allie, Chris, Liz, Father Hasser. There you go. So he sets out for Kokomo, Indiana, and doesn't make it all the way there because it's inland, but he's going out to find the Isle of the Blessed, right? He's essentially looking for the Garden of Eden. So you say, where are you getting this from? And I say, I'm getting it from a man named Tim Severin. Tim Severin. Do you know who Tim Severin is? No idea. Tim Severin was a um, uh, born in India, 1940, and he spent a lot of his life doing kind of ancient voyages. So he would recreate ships and then just like go. So like Marco Polo's, he did one of Brendan's voyage in the 70s. No he explored way. the Mississippi as the conquistadors did. he do did. it with like the same ship or you know it. ship? So he took the Latin text of the Navigatio Sancti Brendani Abatis, right? The voyage of St. Brendan the Abbot which, again, goes back to the 9th century. Um, and the years of the voyage, so he took the kind of the situation. It was a seven-year voyage across the Atlantic. Right? This is... Um, <laughs> were they in a rowboat? Yeah, basically. This is... I mean, we're talking... This is like the year 490. This is like really <laughs> early. And so in 1976, Tim Severin built a replica of Brendan's Kirach, C-U-R-R-A-C-H. I don't know how you pronounce that. The And he handcrafted it using traditional Irish tools, Right. With Irish ash and oak, so he used the actual, you know, lumber that they would have had in Ireland, hand lashed it together with two miles of leather thong, wrapped with forty nine traditionally tanned ox hides and sealed with wool grease. I mean this guy did it legitimately. Oh and then between May of nineteen seventy six and June of nineteen seventy seven, he and his crew sailed four thousand five hundred miles from Ireland um, to Peckford Island in Newfoundland. Wow. Stopping in Hybrid, hybrids? I don't know where that is. And Iceland and Root. Crazy, huh? He that did is crazy. Is he Irish? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That Look at that. He wild. did Sinbad's version, or he did Sinbad's journey also. So he talks about this. If you're interested, he's got an account. He's got the Brendan Voyage, um, international bestseller. You can get it in 16 languages. So um, I think that's pretty interesting. I remember, that is I remember very hearing about that back in the day. But the thought of. Um, I think you said Irish- that happened in the 70s. Uh, he did that in the 70s. But, I mean, the thought of um, Brendan doing this, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Brendan dies in 577, um, not on his voyage. But, um, again, he's kind of... Uh, did he make it back? Made it back, yep. So you said he was looking for the Isle of the Blessed. Yes. What's that about? I don't really know. Um, our guy here, our historian, uh, Warren Carroll, just taps on him very briefly. Um but it's interesting. Uh, there's kind of a blend. The story is blended of kind of, you know, they kind of add to these stories a little bit. And like, what is he actually searching? Mm-hmm. But the the question is, these guys are just like, I don't know. I, I look at them and I'm like, what were they doing? You know, what were they thinking about? Like, we should just go try and conquer the sea. or You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what drives that? It's very interesting. I my. If you, if I hadn't known anything, I would have thought, you know, they're trying to, they're going out to the ends of the earth to mm-hmm. evangelize or something. I know that's what, especially in the early church, they did that. Like they, that's why they went all the way to Ireland and went all the way to Spain because that was like, you know, where the ocean started as the end of the earth. Right. So I imagine they were looking for. Other and I think people. I think that's the big thing is okay. What kind of sea monsters did they come across? We don't know, but they they literally these Irish monks were so zealous that they they just went everywhere they could. Right. Brendan goes to Iceland before um, it's kind of established and founded. We know that historically, and he kind of just goes. These guys just go everywhere. They're just looking for more of the world to evangelize. Wow. And I think that's the kind of the key thing here. That's what's amazing, is that um, 
the greatness of Ireland was built on the missionary dimension of Ireland. Hmm. And what's funny is that the Ireland that we celebrate now, I kind of ranted on this in my homily. You're not going to be surprised. If St. Patrick's Day. But I just got kind of fed up with St. Patty's Day because I was like, you know what? Um, this is a guy who cast paganism out of Ireland, and now it's in his name that we're reinstating paganism in our world. Hmm. And the greatness of Ireland is its missionary um, foundation and its ability to suffer over the last several centuries. I think that's why the beauty of Irish poetry and literature and music um, is so unique because they were in this kind of crucible of suffering over the last several hundred years. Right. And so it's been, lo- it's really been lost mm. now in modern day Ireland and then in modern day Irish kind of circles in the United States. But the greatness lies in this kind of radical, radical monastic and missionary impulse um, that set the, set the country you know, in a beautiful way for the next 1,300 years and allowed them to really suffer profoundly. Yeah, and there's really not a lot of countries in the world like that mm-hmm. who've had that experience of being so crucial to civilization. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, they didn't uh, they didn't save civilization for the sake of saving civilization. They did it because they were evangelizing. You know, it was mm-hmm. all missionary bent. And so it's interesting because we're moving back towards these times, you know, um, and uh, the world is kind of re it's there's a neo-paganism at work at least in boulder i see it and um we're moving back to that world and if we don't recover our kind of the monastic and the mission and the missionary foundation of things and i think they're both right these are monks who are traveling out as missionaries right um we got to remember that if we don't recover that kind of as we're coming into a new time of collapse mm. in western civilization which again is very depressing but i think the, the state of things um morally we're, we're so hollow now and economically, we're even driving towards that. We have to know that that will be the foundation, and that's what will kind of continue uh, civilization. Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, we it's important. You know, they were doing a lot of stuff, and they were going out, like you said. But they were monks, and that at the at the at the foundation of all their activity was contemplation of God mm-hmm. and what is truly Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Balbasa has a great quote. Look at me quoting Balbasa. Oh man, oh I man, know, this is the first time you ever. drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, right. But he has something about um. Before any great uh, Christian enterprise must come the discernment of what is truly Christian. Um, and it's true. I mean, it's one thing to be excited about going out and doing stuff, but it has to begin on your knees in prayer, contemplating the Trinity and contemplating what, what is this, what is Christianity? Right. And kind of starting with the stance of, I don't know. And that's, that's, what's, that's I think, a beautiful lesson to learn from these guys, even though we don't really know what Brennan was up to, you know, but we do know that this is what the Irish monks were doing. Right. Uh, so that's cool. So how come nobody knows about this guy? I don't know. They don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, I don't know. I it's a it's kind of a well. I, I think everything's just kind of like oh, it's all legendary because the Irish really did kind of you know eh, you got to put a little twist on these stories. But I, I really think this actually happened. Mm. You know, I wouldn't say that if I didn't. Uh, uh, well, I probably would anyways. But I, uh, <laughs> I I do I do think it actually it actually kind of took place. So, anyways, nice dude. Yeah, that's about that. Great job, man. Well, we'll see you guys next week. And any more thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.